0: hello this is emily swallow the armorer from the mandalorian and you are listening to the canned air podcast this is the way
1: everyone and welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty, And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. We have a very special episode for you today, a whole Star, a star Wars celebration in the works for you. And we uh, start by welcoming the CEO of Evergreen Podcast, our network that we're on. Mm-hmm. Very proud to be on. This guy really has us in the palm of his hand kind of doesn't he <laughs> crush us that's at any time us he break us right now we'll <laughs> uh we welcome ceo michael di thank you so much for being here michael gentlemen it's a pleasure thanks for having me it's awesome to have you here i think the first time we spoke with you uh it was like a video conference and uh mm-hmm. as soon as your camera came on we saw star wars helmets and stuff behind you and
2: that's true I, was <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we're
1: gonna have a report hey, uh, with this up. guy
2: yeah yeah, that was a Luke Skywalker helmet in the background. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and you may see some stuff. It's getting a little dark here, but there's Darth Vader masks thrown about for my seven-year-old and lightsabers and all sorts of things. Oh, some of them have to be yours. Mike. Come on. <laughs> than I have the, sa- the purple lightsaber, and uh, we go at it. She likes to fight with the Wonder Woman sword, and I'm with the, the purple lightsaber.
1: I'd say you have the superior weapon. (laughs) 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 So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be in the Retro Roundtable just talking about Star Wars, a little bit of everything. Uh, We're going to kind of, I think, drill Michael on, uh, you know, his preferences in the Star Wars uh, movie catalog, because I think we've already voiced all of our opinions (laughs) pretty loudly and proudly on the show before. But I also have a list of... uh, fun facts about Star Wars, that a few of which I knew, so a lot of which I didn't. So hopefully awesome. I blow some minds here with that stuff. But then after that, we're gonna be welcoming from The Mandalorian, not only The Mandalorian, she's from SEAL Team, Supernatural, The Mentalist, and uh, did some voice work in Castlevania, just to name a few of the Mm -hmm. things she's done. But uh, the Armorer in The Mandalorian, the one who says, this is the way. She's so Mm -hmm. awesome, love the character. We welcome uh, Emily Swallow a little bit later in this episode. So. A lot of Star Wars goodness for you coming right up here. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at pod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you like what we're doing, want to show some support and get extra content for said support, head over to Patreon.com forward slash pod Or just go to our website, CandarePodcast.com, where you can click that Patreon link and uh, start getting that bonus uh, material for just a few bucks a month. So much (laughs) content. So much. Just posted the 40th episode of the Candare Patreon pod. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff on there to listen to as well. So go check it out, people. Uh, And then also uh, evergreenpodcast.com. Go over there, check us out and all the other great shows that are there. Uh, Again, we're very proud to uh, be a part of the network. And uh, thank you again, Michael, for allowing us to be on said network
2: listen to your quality podcast so it just it fit with what we're trying to do on the pop culture side and uh you're coming in with gen x grown up and pop culture confidential and all these things are just working like magic for us uh, on the network
1: good well good it's really working like magic for us too we love everything that's happened Mm -hmm. so far and very excited for the future so thank you again
3: for the opportunity Mm -hmm. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, gentlemen? Uh, just one quick little shameless plug: is uh, your boys got uh, awarded the best oh. recorded podcast of 2021 uh, by a bunch of our uh, peers in a group called the Scene Snobs. Mm-hmm. So super excited and appreciative of that, and uh, very going to continue honored. to bust our asses and get you guys some quality content.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that we are, and a big thanks to everyone over at Scene Snobs because that was quite an honor. Um, You know, we had no idea We just, hey, you've been nominated and won What? what, what? (laughs) Okay, I'm
3: not going to argue You have listened to Randy, right?
1: (laughs) We're the one with Randy on it (laughs) (laughs) All right, with all that behind us Let's just kick it off with this week's retro roundtable And here we go (laughs) <laughs> all right. Star Wars. Where do we begin? Uh, let's start with Michael. Michael, what's your uh, favorite of all the Star Wars films? I think I'm
2: going to be playing counter here. And I, I would say if I had to rank them, Rogue One for me is just a, a wonderful standoff movie, a fantastic in story and scope, mm-hmm. added a whole new flavor and dimension to the star Wars universe. And of course, I mean, and obviously that Vader scene at the end, just as a mind. blow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, And it, you wish you had more of those type of Vader like moments. And then, you know, I'd go back old school and I think my second favorites, the empire strikes back third would easily be new hope. And then I, and, and this is again, I'm playing a bit contrarian, uh, revenge of the Sith. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, that, I bought a whole new TV and the first thing I played was that opening scene, the battle over Coruscant. Uh, oh yeah. It's a,
1: yes. Because it's just such a dramatic dramatic scene. Uh, just fantastic. So Rogue One, I mean, I, I, I'm i not saying it's a wrong pick. I've just never heard that before. Rogue One is your absolute favorite Star Wars film. Yeah, I think from start to
4: finish, it's just just a fantastic narrative. And it's a great uh, film. It did it turn is. me off to know that everyone was going to die at the end. From the well, beginning, and I, I, I wish you
2: could wish we could have seen the original movie, right? Because they went back and redid that 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 closing scene, and uh, I think it would have added a different flair in f- flavor to it. But uh, am I bummed about it? No, because it sets up it sets up the New Hope in just an un- just an unforgettable way. Yeah, you know, watch the movies in the in the in in the, in the chronological order which they're supposed to be played. Um,
4: it's just a, a great, stunning movie. But what I we, loved it when it finally came on digital. Watched Rogue One, and then went right into A New Hope, and it makes it so much different. Yeah, because Vader's kind of pissed in the beginning, and you see why.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very pissed. That in that scene, of course, I'm not saying anything prolific, but my God, that Vader scene was something else and it never ceases to amaze you can watch it a million times over and uh still just be as uh, thrilled with it as the first time yeah and something about uh that scene i think uh again i'm not the first to say this but uh i would totally agree people have been saying that the scene with luke skywalker at the end of season two of the mandalorian oh yeah was a uh very reminiscent of that vader scene you know just i
4: never realized it until some i saw it, somebody put him side by side and i was like huh
1: yeah, I, didn't I mean even not verbatim, me no. but but I guess just kind of rage, kind of in both of them. Like when when uh, Luke kind of like grabs in the air like at one of those troopers and just kind of crushes it. him inwards. Like that was pretty bad. Fucking, okay. ass, so. I was too
4: worried about trying to see who it was. I think.
1: Oh time. come on! At that point, he <laughs> had to have known. I wasn't the sure. The green saber, the belt buckle, the the, the lone X-wing. The <laughs> X-wing. I, I was sitting
4: there putting it together. I'm like, is it no? Is it? It is. It is. I think it is. Too worried about watching what was happening. I, was
1: I mean I had the same thing for a while. Uh, but you know, until the saber came out, and then you saw the, the outfit close up,
4: oh that's 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 return of the Jedi Luke. And then to see it was young Luke from
3: uh Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. that was a, the better surprise, too, I think. Yeah. yeah. That actually brings me up to uh, my question that I was going to pose to the three of you is uh, with that cameo with Luke where he was CG. Mm-hmm. What are your guys' thoughts on CG versus recasting it? Because I saw like a, a preview where they took Sebastian Stan and he looks dead ringer for he a does. young Mark Hamill.
1: He does. But then they have to pay Sebastian Stan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Um I have no problem personally with the CGI as long as it's done well. I thought Luke was a great example of done well. I had no complaints and I was actually surprised to hear people complain about it. Um I
4: had a little bit of complaints. His mouth just didn't seem to move well enough, I guess that. He was pretty stone-faced. There wasn't much emotion, I guess.
1: I mean, I get that, but I I think of uh, Rogue One at the end when you see Leia. Now that I was not happy with. Like that was some kind of <laughs> Butchered CGI. But see, in the same movie when they did Tarkin, mm-hmm. he was really He good. looked yeah. amazing. Yeah. He looked amazing. So I don't know. Maybe it just mattered about the
4: amount of screen time that they actually got.
1: I can't imagine any computer would be able to accurately mimic uh, Carrie Fisher's perfect face. You know, <laughs> like,
2: how could that
3: ever be done? What's your take on that, Michael?
2: You know, I wrestle with this because y- you want to be a, a purist, right? And you don't want others to take that role. But then understanding that you know there were four people who essentially played Vader in the in the first three movies. <laughs> yeah, right. You get a voice talent, you got the physical body talent, you you got the face in in the third, you know, the third and final movie uh, of the original. So it depends on where they really want to go with the storyline. And it seems to me at this point that the Skywalker storyline is is probably worn out, at least in in the movies and in the in the, in the shows. Hmm. Sure. With the caveat, I don't know what they're going to do with Obi One, right? In 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 that show, and there's there a younger Luke and and things of that nature? But my feeling is it just with the home run hit that the Mando has become, got the Bad Batch coming out. I, I really want to see how Ashoka plays out. Oh yeah, and her storyline because she she took over in my mind the the, the, the Clone Wars. Those last two or three seasons. Oh you know, yeah, really became a, an interesting story and dynamic of her in that final, which yeah, it was only what last year. It seems like yeah, obviously we've lived through a decade in the last year, but uh, <laughs> uh, like my my second all time favorite Vader scene is at the 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 final when that uh, the ship crashes onto the planet and they've got all the clone troopers buried with their hats. Yes. And it's snowing, and he walks out. It's just uh and it was a different animation style too, which gave it this quick jarring moment. And then uh, it was th- that was just a iconic, unbelievable scene. But getting back to the question, I would say it's okay. It depends on where they want to go with the story. I, I think it'd be great
1: for for Hamill to give that character to someone new to live it. Yeah, no, I agree, and. Um... Uh, man, I got to backtrack a little bit because you pointed out that uh, that scene. I totally forgot with you know all the troop or all the graves of the the clone troopers, and then uh, didn't they all on the masks on all their masks they had painted like her face markings on them? Yeah, it was her regiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then uh, I th- didn't she leave her sabers there when she left, or no? He l- had lost one in the in, in the show, but
2: she dropped the other one, and he found it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just. That's a wow moment, you know, it's just the whole yeah. up there to those graves and that ship. It's, uh, I kind of relived that one. I just kept on replaying it, replaying it, replaying <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 it's just such, it, was, it really becomes an emotional attachment to a lot of these characters. And the Clone Wars was just such a wonderful series from
1: start to finish. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, watching Order 66 happen like that yeah, was oh, uh, from her perspective. That was incredible. Uh, it was just all so good. And uh, I don't know. We just needed a little bit of closure with that character. I mean, I know there's more closure to be had now that she, uh, you know, at the end of Rebels, didn't her and Sabine go out looking for Ezra? Yep. Is yes. that the last we've technically seen her in the time? No, 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 no. Because that was uh, before. I've heard that
4: that part. Is actually after what we saw her in Mando.
2: Yeah, that's what I've understood too. That that was a cut scene from in the future after
1: Mando as well. So it's so, so like the between seasons where he ages, like he gets older. That's like
4: how much I have no idea how long it is. I don't huh. know. Because I think Feloni confirmed that that it was in the future, but he didn't say how far out it
1: is. I need to look that up, like confirm that timeline. That'd be interesting. That was so good. You know, Rebels when it started. I wasn't like all on board with it It, Ezra was kind of annoying but boy by the time it hit like season three or four i was vested yeah it got really good and then that last episode uh very much like michael was saying with the last episode of clone wars i watched that last scene so many times Mm -hmm. where she turns around and ahsoka's standing there have you seen it michael rebels
2: no it happens
1: (laughs) Just there wasn't a lot to do during COVID for those first few months, so I I got (laughs) a lot
2: of Star Wars stuff.
1: I just realized I might be spoiling it for you.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, no, I I was into it. It was a great, I felt the same way about Rebels, and I think primarily because it was on Disney Kids, yeah, yeah, right. And I I just felt like, man, I'm in my 40s, and you know, maybe that's not a good look. But once it once Disney Plus came out, I decided to revisit that entire series, and I, and I watched the Resistance too. And the Resistance wasn't didn't catch me as much as yeah. Rebels did.
1: Was that the newer, like the cell shaded looking yeah. one? Yeah, no good.
4: Nah, I just couldn't get into it. They. they Poe Dameron was in it. And I think that was um, kind of the big draw to be. Look, Poe's in this, so you should see that. That's too. not a
1: draw for me. I have <laughs> nothing against Poe, but I'm really not interested in digging into like the sequel trilogies lore much further. You know? Uh, yeah. Yep. I don't know. They were Force Awakens was awesome. Last Jedi sucked, and <laughs> the last one was kind of somewhere in between. You know, it wasn't. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I'm not going to go on that tangent again. I'm sorry. I I see the look in Jack's eyes, like, oh shit, here we go.
3: Glossing over.
1: (laughs) Those were three
2: complicated movies. And, um, there's no unifying, uh, theme between, you know, between those last three that really would have made it. You could have made that last one, a really a a dynamic sendoff for, for the Skywalkers. And it just didn't happen that way. Uh, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate. Um, I can't even watch that last one because the editing is just so fast and quick and you're going from planet to planet and scene to scene. It's
4: a tough one to watch. When I first saw it in the theater, I was pretty choked up and stuff with all the stuff that happened at the end, but I watched it again the other night. And then by the end, like Endgame, my ball at the end, still in that one. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. With Star Wars, oh, you I was mean, just like, like at Tony's death. Yeah, that whole thing yeah. when Cap picks up the the hand. Oh or, yes, like, yes. All of that when they all come back on your left, that whole half hour of the movie, I'm sitting there just blubbering. Yeah. <laughs> and I was pretty choked up at the end of the Last Skywalker or what? The, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Or or the Rise of
1: Skywalker. Oh, the Rise of
4: Sky. Yeah. Choked up when I saw it came out of the theater, but then yeah, watching it the other night, I was just like. Yeah, I just don't feel it as
1: much. No. As I <laughs> when, when when she said Ray Skywalker, I almost, like, uh, shit in my pants a little bit. I could not believe it. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, just let the Skywalker name go. You yeah. know, we're in the ninth movie. This has completed the arc. The Skywalkers are now all gone. Like, why do you now have to be a
4: Skywalker? Like, When Chua found out Leia died, that was still kind of heartache and when he fell down to his knees because yeah but other than that yeah it didn't it still didn't have the same emotional impact
1: i don't know it just seemed kind of sloppy like they were trying to cover up ryan johnson's tracks from the last one with too much fan service you know (laughs) totally totally agree with that yeah but uh who wants to hear some star wars fun facts let's do it let's see um did we know that yoda was it originally was originally going to be a trained monkey in a costume? Oh God, no! <laughs> yes, this was this was originally. Uh, I don't think it stayed on the table very long because, as <laughs> I read online, uh, one of the guys kept saying, "Well, the monkey's just going to keep pulling the mask off." But um, <laughs> there are pictures online if you look it up, and uh, this is before Yoda even had his traditional look with the long, pointy ears, green and stuff. He had like a long, droopy, sour-looking face. Mm-hmm mask on this monkey and uh oh it was like the, it's the <laughs> shit nightmares are made of this thing it, 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 it gave like the flying monkeys and wizard of oz a run for their money oh, it was horrifying i have to look at that
4: picture because i wonder if it's the macquarie uh concept art because i've got that figure the bobby one and yoda
1: oh i forgot about that uh
4: do you have a picture you can pull up no no on, on your phone i have to look it up real quick
1: Ah, oh, boy, I would love to see that. I wonder if it is the same thing.
4: I'm not sure. I know he is more of a little old man. I don't think he's quite as green.
1: Uh, it, it could be. Yeah. Little, like, big <laughs> face old man on a little scrawny, yeah, spindly, monkey body. How horrible that would have been. Thank God they didn't do that. Um, uh, let me see. Another one here. Okay, Michael said that he has a, a purple lightsaber. This, is, this would be Mace Windu's lightsaber, one of the coolest lightsabers, if you ask me. Um, but do we remember? Well, of course we remember Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Do we remember uh, what was embroidered on his wallet in that film?
4: No. Bmf.
1: Bad motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson claims that his saber that he used he had engraved with "bad motherfucker." On. I think
4: I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't put it past him, right? I mean,
1: that just kind of completes a saber right there. If you ask me. I don't know.
4: I wonder if it's punched leather or something like that, or if it's just engraved into the metal.
1: I don't remember there being leather on his hilt. I think it just always was. Uh, well, you tell us, Michael. You're the one who owns it.
2: No, this one. This one's. Um, it is not leather on the hilt. No leather at all. No. I don't I think,
1: think so. Just
4: be etched into it.
1: It makes me mad because uh, when we were at the power of the costume, I think they had his saber hilt there from the films. But, of course, it's not going to be on all of them. It's probably yeah. just on the one right. he took he home. Took, but okay. wouldn't that be so funny <laughs> to see that on there? Like, what? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I know who this was. Uh, do we want another one or we will move on? No, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Um, Cindy Williams, who we'll know as Shirley Feeney from Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, had auditioned to be Leia Organa. Yeah. Can you imagine how that had that uh, actually happened? No one can replace Carrie Fisher, but no. let me tell you something. Cindy Williams was fucking fine. <laughs> she was a cutie. Do, do we remember her?
4: Yeah, I, I cannot picture her. Oh, she was buns, so though.
1: cute. She was so cute. What about you, Michael? Do you remember her?
4: I do. She was
1: in a previous film of Lucas, which is why I think she probably... Yes, American it,
2: Graffiti. That's right. That's okay. right. Which is why I think she probably got an option you know at least
4: the the ability to go in and try sure yeah yeah harrison was in that too wasn't
1: he i'm sorry wasn't harrison in that
4: too yeah
1: yeah he was forgot about that and uh ron was ron howard in that as well or am i just thinking of happy days no he he was was yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) all those 50s movies and shows run together we'll be cunningham (laughs) all right jack let's cover you what do you got for what Just a Star Wars conversation. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You kind of caught me off guard. All right, I'll go with another fact. (laughs) Um, I think this is one that most people probably know, uh, that Lucas had considered having Luke turn evil at the end of Return of the Jedi.
4: That would have been a mistake.
1: Would have it been? I'm not saying that they made a mistake going the way they did he he say I think he said he was quoted saying I realize I couldn't end it that way because you know these are overall kids films but had it happened do you think the franchise would have suffered from that or do you think it'd be still as long-standing as it has
4: been I think it uh, people'd have been pissed about it uh, maybe they'd have been pissed they were mad that he threw the lightsaber away well everyone was mad about that in uh force awakens oh uh, that he was just a pretty much just the same thing as Yoda was he shut himself up from the force and just turned into a crazy hermit
1: there was a expanded universe comic I don't know if it was a book but it was a comic series uh, where right after Jedi Palpatine was still alive and Luke knew it and they went and found him and again Palpatine was like be my apprentice be my apprentice and you know Luke had made this decision, that the only way he could uh, actually beat him, kind of control him, was to be at his side so he could kind of like try to pull the strings and stuff. So he joined him in that comic for a short time. And I think for a while it was canon, but I I certainly know it's not now. (laughs) But uh, it was interesting because he had that like great
4: big kind of Dracula collar on his (laughs) black cape and looked pretty wicked. Have you guys seen the editions, the Star Wars editions they put on Disney Plus recently? Uh, No. What do you mean? The old Ewoks cartoon from the 80s. Oh, Oh, yeah. I've
1: seen them, but I haven't watched them. Oh,
4: boy. They're... they're I went back
1: to the original
2: Clone Wars and watched that over two nights. Um, I think it was on Comedy Central or maybe Cartoon Network in the early aughts. The, The Jedi are far more powerful. I mean, just the whole universe has these just outrageously strong and intimidating characters in a very short story arc. It only was like 16 episodes for two seasons. So yeah, I, I did go back to that, but I just can't bring myself to watch an Ewoks movie. I
4: can't do that. <laughs> I, I, I want to watch them because I remember when I was a kid, the Ewok adventure. Yeah. So I watched that so many times, but I know it's it's going to be rough. I, I, I mean, think that was a lot of Jim Henson and they did with that one. Yeah,
1: yeah, they did. And I, I um, which is funny because you think they would have done it in puppets instead of 2D animation, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember watching. I have, I still have my Ewoks um, lunch box somewhere downstairs that I used <laughs> when I was in elementary school. But uh, boy, I don't remember shit about it. I really don't. It was,
4: it was straight up kitty. I know Tebow. He's one of the, I don't know, one of the more wild looking Ewoks from Return of the Jedi. But he's got like a Robin Hood hat and running around just like a. Sack it was like
3: Muppet Baby esque, right? Yeah, kind of. was it? pretty much.
4: It was just wicked. Princess, I don't even remember what her name was. And then Tebow, they were just like three young Ewoks running around causing mischief. <laughs> <laughs> As Ewoks tend
2: to do. Yeah. I'm hoping at some point they bring back the Star Wars Christmas special.
3: Oh. They, they actually suck. did you see the Lego version? They did a Lego version recently. Oh, didn't they
1: really?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah I want to say the last couple of years. Yeah, it was the Star was- Lego Star Wars Christmas special. All wow. right. Wow.
1: I'll I kinda, watch it. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting. Lego always puts a funny twist on everything, and
4: and it kind of goes with the whole movie series because in the beginning, uh, Ray's teaching Finn force powers. are pretty much so you know he's got the force.
1: Yeah. I, I oh, do they so let me ask you this: Do they still do the horrible song at the end where they take the Star Wars theme and put Christmas music? No, I don't think they did. Like Leia did this whole song, like singing Christmas. Uh, words to the star wars team so <laughs> no it wasn't like christmas christmas <laughs> and star wars baby, uh, oh, ba- yeah. no, no, no. what the fuck is going on oh
4: yeah, they, god yeah. it was kind of like a, a christmas carol a little bit because there's a bunch of time travel <laughs> i guess it's not i guess it's Lego, like it's like yeah. yeah. it was yeah. it was fun
1: I'm sure it was better than the original one. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right. Um, Here's something that, well, let me start with this one. Uh, R2D2 uh, originally was supposed to speak complete sentences in the original draft of Star Wars. Like he was supposed to have witty comebacks to uh, 3PO and stuff.
4: Actually, spoken mm-hmm. versus just spoken. Beats, se- yeah. Yeah. And him replying to the comebacks pretty much. Mm hmm.
1: So, but they uh, obviously didn't go that way. And think about the difference it would have on any of those R units, R2, R4, any of the beep-boop droids, mm-hmm. if they actually were talking. I don't think they would be quite as charming of characters. There's no. there's like an innocence to them. I guess kind of like with uh, uh, Grogu or the child, you mm-hmm. know, like if he was talking,
4: I'm sure we'd all feel different about him. You know what I sure, mean? Sure. so Look at Chopper and Rebels. If he actually spoke, it would be a totally different. I mean, you know he's sitting there... Bad mouth and constantly. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he just always looks droid, fucking but... <laughs>
1: broke anyway. And he's just rattling around. But just hearing
4: like, him, rah, 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 yeah, say something. Wah, wah, in wah, wah, so, wah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the same effect. That, tra- that droid's awesome. Yeah,
1: I would love to. You know how you know Trekkies worked out how to understand and speak Klingon and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and everybody in the Star Wars universe hears a few boop, 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 and they know exactly what's yeah. being said. I'm like, oh, don't talk like that, R2. I'm like. Can we decipher this? Like, I want to figure out what is it's being. It's the same bleeps and bloops that mean a whole bunch of different things usually too. It's... I mean, I know like I means sad and uh, yeah. wow. Like when he did that, obviously he's excited. So I, I, I don't need those figured out, but the rest of it, I, I could use some help with. Mm-hmm. But all right, Um about one more here. I've only got one more, I think. And this, I saved this one for last because this one blew my mind. Had this happened, it'd been horrible. It was briefly considered that when making Revenge of the Sith, to having young Han Solo in it, as like as a child. Okay. And that he had been looked after and raised by Chewie.
2: No. No. Yeah, I heard that before. Yeah. I, I'll, although I gotta say, I like the way that they brought out that marriage, so to speak, in Han and you know, Solo. It's that's not yeah one of more regarded
4: that better regarded star wars movie but i like that background of how they met i always knew that because i remember reading it from somewhere that they were friends because of, it was basically a life debt between chewie and Han and because Han saved chewie that's why he was always around but actually seeing how it came about that's one of the one of the best things though, so low that i
1: like raised so many questions as to their relationship if they put that in their past like if Chewie raised him then why are they acting like they're just best friends or yeah. co-workers or like co-pilot you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the relationship would cease to make sense i think but
4: that's one thing that made me mad in the force awakens when han died I thought Chewie was going to go off the rails way more than what he did. Wouldn't have been cool
1: to see him rage out like old school Wookiee style, ripping arms off
4: and throwing them. And Chewie screamed. I thought, oh shit, here we go. But no, he just kind of... shot a bunch
3: of troopers. And- it was
1: like Hulk in Endgame. They just didn't give us that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last Hulk out moment.
3: You, you, what, do you want him like to swing like he did in uh, Return of the Jedi and do the Tarzan thing? Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, that was so
1: retarded. <laughs> that really sucked, too, in Endgame. I know this is a Star Wars episode, but son of a bitch, man. Like, you see Hulk run into the field with the rest of them when they charge, but that's really the last you see of him until it's all over. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me so mad. Like It would have been cool to see like smart Professor Hulk cut loose and tear some crap up yeah. you
3: know what i mean but
1: <laughs> who am i
3: i've got i got one final question for michael mm-hmm. um and i'm sure you probably are but are you familiar with the uh, darth jar jar theory i
2: am uh I, i'm not super well versed but i have read that there's some theories that jar jar was sith mm. uh, which to me makes a lot of sense yes I, he, he was an over the top comic foil Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but everything he did certainly put everyone else at risk their lives at risk all the time and so and he also gave the casting vote for the the powers to uh, yes so i i I'd like to see that. I've also heard the theory that he ended up on street corners being a clown for kids, too, because he was, he was broke and destitute at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, wasn't that <laughs> even like, like a novel or something? Jar Jar. Yeah. That? I feel like that was like in an extended universe, like novel or something. Or I think so, too. But for the sake of all humanity, there has to be resolution
3: on Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere we need closure on this character. That, go ahead. I was just say, the funniest thing was I, I hadn't heard that until recently. And then my first Comic-Con with these guys uh, two years ago, I was walking the floor and damned it if there wasn't somebody cosplaying as Darth Jar Jar. I'm like, I know who you are now. <laughs> yeah. I know why you <laughs> are.
1: All right. If, uh, unless anyone else has anything else to talk about Star Wars here quick. Yeah, I think we're good.
4: May 5th. Yes. And Revenge of the Sixth.
1: May, may the fourth be with you. Not May the fifth be with you, though, right? I guess. It depends
4: <laughs> <on>. <laughs> How much you had to drink. Well, <laughs> I've just Jesus. cracked open my first beer,
1: so not as much as you, it would seem. But, There's our right.
4: editing real, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, let's jump to a quick commercial, and then when we come back, we're going to be joined by the armorer from The Mandalorian herself, Emily Swallow. So stick around. Emily, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to be here with us tonight. It's always so amazing uh, to welcome somebody from uh, just the Star Wars franchise, that world. It's so uh, engaging. We all love it. We've all loved it, you know, as long as we can remember. So it's just an honor to have you here. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: We're doing this episode for the May the fourth week. And uh, how how are you? (laughs) I'm
0: good. Thank you. Yeah, no complaints.
1: That's good. That's good. Does this week typically keep you pretty busy now that you're a Star Wars alum?
0: Yes. And I love it. I love all the revelry.
1: Is it like, what do you do? Like a lot of conventions, you get to go to like celebrations, stuff like that.
0: Well, not these days. I haven't wow, conventions have started back up again, which is nice. Um, I will be at one the weekend before the 4th. Uh, but I get to do, there seem to be more, more podcasts and stuff that come along this time of year.
3: <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> as far as your role as the armor, I was reading up, um, that when you first auditioned for it, uh, you didn't know what it was really for. And you only got six words as far as the, uh, the direction of your character.
0: Oh, that's a new one on me. Uh, I got more than six words. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean like the description of Yeah. Her. Yeah. That actually yes, that sounds about right. I thought you meant like the uh, the scene that I had was only six words. Oh no, yes. sorry about that. <laughs> they were in true Disney fashion. They were incredibly secretive. Um, so it said that it it was possibly a, a live Star Wars TV thing, and um, yes, I was told only that she was. I remember they used the word Zen, and that she was a leader of a, a group of people in hiding, and that was about it, and that she wore a mask. <laughs>
3: Wow, really? oh, not much to go on. Do yeah, you know? no. <laughs> Do you think if you would have found out it was Star Wars ahead of time, that would have psyched you psyched you out more? Or?
0: Oh, I'm sure. If I <laughs> had any idea that it was going to be what The Mandalorian is, I would have been so nervous. I'm. I I remember at the time I was busy. Um, I was in a play, so I was in performances for that, and I was planning my wedding because I got married in uh, August of 2018, just before I I shot. Um, so I was plenty distracted, which is often a blessing because the more you, that for me, the more I know about something, if it is a big deal, the more psyched out I get, and then there's just way too much pressure. So I was blissfully unaware.
5: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs)
1: David, did you have any? God, why do I keep saying David? Uh, you know, Michael, I'm, only I'm so the
2: sorry. You the podcast network you're on, but I'm doing that I fun. swear to God, we were just talking about
1: my friend David. That's why I keep doing it. I apologize, this,
2: Michael. This is the second time I've been on a podcast where they've called me David. Really? Yeah, I must look like a David, and you know it's fine. I'm Nothing wrong with that. that. But, uh, Emily, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm very curious, if you don't mind, how did the role come your way?
0: I auditioned just like I do for anything else. It was, uh, and it it was so low-key. It was just me in the room with the casting director and the camera. There was nobody else who was involved with the project. And he had me do the scene a few times, and then he asked me to do it with a British dialect because he said that they'd been auditioning mostly British women in their 50s and 60s. So I I truly have no idea how I wound up in that room, but I'm so glad that I did.
3: We are too. And speaking of that accent, I had heard somewhere, again, don't believe everything you saw on the internet, but uh, that you modeled that after some Lord of the Rings characters. Is that right?
0: No, that's not right. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to shut up. (laughs) I mean, I think I might've,
1: uh, (laughs) in
0: in hindsight, I can see how there's, there's a little bit, maybe I remember doing an interview where we were talking about some of these creatures, creatures, characters who are, you know, seem to be a little bit set apart and a little bit like there's a wisdom that we sort of put into, I think somebody, not everybody with a British dialect, but it, it helps. Um, so maybe that's what that was in reference to. But when I, when I first did it, it was really just because they told me to. And then, uh, and then John said that he, he did like that, that sort of made her a little bit separate from everybody else. So he asked me to hold on to it.
3: Awesome. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm just going to shut up now because I'm totally. No, I love it. This is great.
0: And you can call me other names, too, if you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just You know, why not? How about you, it a we party. call you, David, from now on? And Michael <laughs> <Yeah>. stays Michael. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm very uh, curious about something I heard you say on a podcast uh, that the production actually brought in a blacksmith advisor to work with you on like uh, how to move and stuff in the scenes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
0: Yes. And thank goodness they did because um it was so fast and furious when we were shooting it. And it turns out that when you're wearing a helmet with tinted goggles, basically, <laughs> yeah. and you have on gloves that are about five sizes too big, it's challenging to be <laughs> to be skilled at anything. Sure, so, I guess that makes um,
4: sense to do that. Yeah.
0: To bring in the advisor.
4: Uh, yeah. Cause I was like, really, there wasn't that much you really did, but I guess just, just to think about to it, get used to what you're wearing and stuff. Yeah. Just for, yeah. The basics that of like, been.
0: of how to, how to hold the hammer, you know, how to, uh, how much, what the, the swing of the arc would look like depending on the material that I'm hammering. And then of course they tweaked a lot of that because even if it's accurate, sometimes you want to change it so that it looks really cool. And, yeah. um, as an actor it was just really reassuring to me because you you just feel more comfortable with what you're doing if there's somebody who actually does that who is watching and can give you tips but at the end of the day the thing that gave me the most confidence was that John said he said did you see um did you see Robert Downey Jr and and you know all those sequences where he was building his suit of armor oh, um yeah. And, uh, and I said, yeah. And he said, and it looked good, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, don't worry. This is going to look like that. So,
1: yeah. so that helped. Fair enough. That's got to be reassuring. There that's are awesome. times,
4: there are times in movies where people are doing things that I know how to do. And I'm like, it's not how you do it. That's yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and just so you know, sometimes maybe they were doing it accurately, but they just thought it didn't look cool. So then they had to go with the like, no, well, that's what true. Looks they better? put a little
4: extra flare in there or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> Emily, what's it like working with
2: Barbara?
0: He is a genius and one of the nicest people I have ever met. I think one of the reasons that the show is so good is is not just because he is, I mean, his mind is brilliant, but he's so good at drawing the best out of people. And he does that because he is so gracious and so generous and so curious. He really, he wants to know what you have to bring to the table and he encourages people um, to bring, I mean, I, I remember what was one of the things that was so striking to me was to see how he talked to all the different directors and he had, he had directors who were very unique in their styles mm-hmm. and he really encouraged them to bring all of that to the table, um, but also just built this community and made sure that everybody was on the same page in terms of what story we were telling. And so everyone could do their best unique work um, while still being in the right world that we were creating.
1: Oh, cool! Very I cool. cannot imagine being, uh, you know, on that set working around those people. You know, John Favreau, Dave yeah. Filoni. I mean, didn't uh, George Lucas even make an appearance on set at one point? He
0: did. He came by uh, on John's birthday, and that I mean, that just blew my mind to stand there and and watch this man talk, who had, uh, you know, created these stories forty plus years ago and to see that they're still going and the technology has just gotten better and better but people are just as passionate about it as they were at the beginning it's really remarkable mm-hmm.
1: i can't imagine because I, I i've also heard you say you were a fan of star wars uh, since you were a child so to mm-hmm. actually be in that moment, appreciating it for everything it is it's got to be surreal
0: yeah one of those where you just keep pinching yourself over <laughs> and over
1: like, <laughs> the
4: closest until somebody walks
0: ever, by and the they look at you and they're like <laughs> yeah, what
4: right." You doing? <laughs>
1: Have you been to this the Star Wars Disneyland experience they have? I
0: have not. No.
1: No, we neither have we. We yeah. want to go, but uh it seems like it'd be cool. Yeah.
3: Really cool. yeah. It I've heard my family crazy. and I were supposed to, but then COVID. So that kind of got backlogged. Yeah. Because how many
0: COVID. ideas have, have now you have to say, well, we thought this, but then COVID. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Too many to keep yes. track of, that's for sure. Jumping backward a little bit, we kind of touched on the armor, uh, just your whole costume, actually, and how uh, kind of cumbersome it was, you know, having the tinted (laughs) uh, visor and all the weight you must have had on you, not only with, uh, you know, like the shoulder pads, all the leather, but then the big uh, fur on the back. And of course, the helmets. Did you find it difficult? uh, How to word this? This is a hard uh, question to get across. For instance, we uh, had CJ Graham on the show who was Jason Voorhees and we had a conversation with him about conveying his points without the use of uh, his face, Mm -hmm. I guess. So uh, did you find that at all challenging to uh, get your point across what you were supposed to do without the facial expression, stuff like that?
0: I loved that challenge. Um, And yes, it was challenging, but it was such a good one and so different from, how I operate in real life, because I am very, I'm somebody who's constantly moving. I use my hands all the time. I use my face a lot. Um, my mom always says, I love your facial expressions, which just makes me think I must be mugging the scene <laughs> to death. But uh, it was such a delicious challenge to have. And it, I, my background is in theater and I had done a lot of mask work in theater. So that helped, but it's a different thing when you're on camera, because when you're you know, when you're doing theater, the the audience can see you the whole time. There's no camera that's like just focused on one person now and then they go over to somebody else and then, you know, pull out for a wide shot. Um, So you don't know when the focus is on you. You don't know what shots they're gonna choose. So it was a real lesson in trust and in experimenting. And um, we were shooting the first and the third episodes at the same time. Those were the first ones we shot and it was a collaboration really between the directors and between all of us who were wearing mandalorian armor to just see what translated to see what read as too big and we found out really quickly that any extraneous movement was distracting you know it's sort of like sort of like a magician you have to you have to be looking at the right place the whole time or else if the magician fidgets uh unnecessarily then you're going to see how the the trick is going to be so revealed dry, yeah, yeah. So, and in the same, you know, and that's just the story that the magician is telling. And in the same way, it was distracting from our story. If there was, like, when I was walking, just walking across the room, I couldn't take the time to look down because it would be this huge gesture and it would look clumsy. So, I see. I had to trust a lot that I wasn't going to run into things, which didn't mean that I didn't run into things. Um, and there were plenty of times. Especially, I remember when when Mando and I were both sitting down at that table where we would we were leaning forward and we'd hit helmets against each other. And there there's some comedy to be had in the the outtakes from some of those scenes, especially when a bunch of us were crammed in that tiny little armor forgery. For, right. What would you forge? Armory. Uh- Forge, Armory, Havel, whatever. (laughs) Um, But it was so fun to to unwrap that and to discover what that language was. And it was I mean, Deb, Deb Cho and uh, and Dave Filoni were just instrumental in helping us figure that out because they gave us that feedback in real time so that we knew if we were indeed communicating what we were trying to.
1: That's amazing. What a process. What a challenge. I wish I'm glad there are people out there like you who can do it. Cause I don't think I'd be able to pull it off. <laughs> How
4: dark were the lenses on those visors? Was it just like sun sunglasses or was it?
0: They were like sunglasses, but then the lighting in that oh, room right. that we were in was also really dark. So yeah. it was That's like sunglasses was- on top of sunglasses. No. Wearing your sunglasses in a nightclub would be. So there you
1: go. <laughs> Uh, Here's another question for you uh, regarding the helmet again when you are doing your scenes and saying your dialogue what we're hearing in the final episode is that actually what's being said and recorded underneath that helmet or are you doing Mm -hmm. VO work afterwards?
0: I did do some afterwards but they have a a mic in the helmet Um, so they recorded everything while we were doing it and then Most of what I did afterwards was uh, really script changes. They decided there were some things that they they wanted to word differently. And then I did, I put on, I think that I put on the helmet to do that. So I was like in a voiceover booth wearing this helmet and and recording so that it would sound the same.
3: Right, makes sense.
2: Incredible. Inquiring minds would like to know, what was it like to see Baby Yoda on the set for the first time? Oh my.
0: Oh, my gosh, it's so stupid because, you know, he's a puppet, but he's just so cute. And you feel like an idiot. I mean, whoever came up with that design is a genius because he's just the right mix of, you know, looking like Yoda, but being so cuddly and adorable. And um, and the puppet is indeed cuddly and adorable.
4: Not quite as decrepit as Yoda. Was (laughs) it tough at all keeping it a secret?
0: No, because I like surprises. I'm pretty good at keeping secrets. Um, And I think I was, you know, I I was told to say so little. And I was convinced if I did, a Disney drone would come shoot me or something. (laughs) At any moment. So I was okay with that. Although there was, I guess, before the show was announced. And before, so before I was attached to it, I had told my family And my nephew, who was around seven at the time, told his friends at school and I freaked out. I was like, mom, I can't believe it. And she was like, who's going to believe him? He's seven. (laughs) He's saying, oh, my aunt's in Star Wars. Everyone's going to be like, oh, of course she is. Sure.
3: (laughs) And that's when the droning started. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: So then my nephew got shot by a drone.
1: (laughs) Something you mentioned earlier, uh, and I guess we're kind of touching on with the the killer drones is just, you know, how <laughs> secret stuff had been kept during the production of this uh, film or excuse me, the series. I'd never really seen anything like it. I mean, to the point where they didn't, you know, market the child merchandise until after you saw it on screen, you know, that they could have cashed in big time, but they didn't because they didn't want it to leak. Yeah. I mean, not that Yeah, I'm sure they're, money, they're but,
0: really hurting from that. Yeah, well, <laughs> They've just made no money.
1: No, that's not what I'm saying. But uh, you know what I mean? Just every, yes. typically like when like Endgame came out, like everybody knew what the uh, characters were going to be and what they looked what like based like. on yeah. like action figures and merchandise being leaked onto the, the internet. So it was just amazing how they kept such a tight lid on that. But as far as when that comes to you then, when you're doing your scenes, are you doing them just out of context? You just know what's happening right there. Do you, how much do you get to know around what's happening uh, with your scenes?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I got the scripts for the episodes I was in, but I didn't, I didn't get to read any of the other scripts. So I knew what was happening in the world of that episode, but I didn't. and And I, you know, I asked questions that I felt were pertinent to the story i was then needing to tell so i knew what happened to him to an extent in between the times that i saw him um but yeah they're they're pretty tight-lipped about that and um to the extent that i had to log in every time i wanted to look at my script and i couldn't print the pages i had to wait till i got to set and have them handed wow. to me wow. which is interesting when you're trying to learn
3: you right. know <laughs> your
0: dialogue right. um, you have to come up with creative hacks so yeah, there, I could ask questions and, and for the most part, when I asked questions about stuff that was going on, they told me because they do want to help you do your work as an actor. But, uh, but when I, when the series came out and I got to watch it, I, I got to be just as surprised as everybody else for a lot of it. There were a lot of, a lot of things I didn't know, which was pretty fun.
1: That's yeah, awesome. I yeah. would imagine yeah. so. You see yourself, but have no idea what the story is around <laughs> it until you're sitting. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, right. Truly,
0: well, I didn't even understand while I was shooting it what a big part she was in his life, mm-hmm. um, because you know she doesn't show up that much, and it wasn't until I sort of saw how that fit into the the greater scheme of things that I realized that oh, the armor is kind of a big deal. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I hope we get to see her again. I really do. That would be so cool. She was an awesome character, very standout character. Loved her.
3: So me being a a huge fan of the, not only your work on Supernatural, but The Mentalist, but also on uh, the Castlevania series on Netflix, uh, where you portray another Brit. um, What's that?
0: I get to be another Brit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I won't ask you about Lord of the Rings this time. But um, but what was it like recording for an animated series like that? Was it weird for you? Did you kind of have to do something different?
0: It's, a, you know, it's different just by virtue of the fact that you're, you're not on a set. You're just in a, a studio. And for the most part, I was in a studio by myself. I usually didn't get to record with the other people in the scene. Sometimes they would be... Uh, I could hear them, you know, they Mm. they were somewhere else and we were recording at the same time. And sometimes it would just be somebody else reading those lines. And that that was another thing that was such a a delicious reveal when I found out what it actually was, because I I'd been cast in it, but I didn't. And I I knew what Castlevania was. Mm -hmm. I knew what the source material was, but it wasn't until I got there to record my first day and they showed me this, um, little animated sequence of what it was going to look like. And it just took my breath away because it was so stunning.
5: Yeah. It's so gorgeous. that was helpful.
0: Yeah. And that, uh, that definitely fueled some of the work that I did, but yeah, it is sort of a weird thing. And cause you, you ultimately don't know what the final product is going to look like, but well, it's and still.
3: It, and and not ahead. being able to play off somebody as well. I, I would imagine yeah. that's hard. Yeah.
0: It's just not as fun. I mean, I trust, you know, all the work that they do and post and they put it together and it's great, but it's just so much more fun to me to be collaborating with the other actors.
2: Sure. I'm just naturally curious if you immediately thought that The Mandalorian was going to become the cult. It just became like a cult hit right away. You expect such a, a thunderous reception for the no, show.
0: No, not at all. And not because I didn't think it was good, because I, I thought it was really good. I thought, I mean, I had tremendous faith in the people involved with it, but you just never know. Um, and I know, especially with Star Wars, there can be a very strong reaction either way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how it would be received. And again, I'm so glad (laughs) I'm so glad for that. So much of it has just been this wonderful surprise. And in fact, I shot all of my work for the show before it was ever even announced. So I didn't even have any of the anticipatory hype to think about when I was shooting, um, which was great. It was it was easy breezy.
3: Awesome. Yeah.
1: As far as uh, working on set, any any moments or uh, or just funny things that happen that uh, stand out in your memory?
0: The funniest thing to me was was what I already what I already mentioned about how the... we would just bonk helmets, and <laughs> right. it was like a Three Stooges sketch half the time, <laughs> and which you know especially cause those scenes are so serious there. He's bringing her the best scar and then the fight breaks out with mm-hmm. these macho Mandalorians. And so you're in, you know, you're in this moment that's like really intense and there's all this tension in the air and then you just like run into somebody. It sorta, of, sort of spoils the mood.
3: Right, <laughs> right. Hard to recover from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I do have one kind of just hypothetical question. If you, as your armorer character, could interact with any other actor from the Star Wars universe in a scene or a couple scenes, any idea who that would be if you had a personal pick?
0: Well, I feel like the armorer and Obi-Wan Kenobi need to meet because I think that they could share some stories about these young upstarts who don't always listen and who want to venture out on their own, but who have these greater missions that they need to fulfill I think that they could kvetch a little bit to each other.
1: That'd be awesome. Be a lot of wisdom in one room, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah it would be. <laughs> Man.
0: Or it might just be really obnoxious to have the two of them talking. <laughs> <laughs> just so pretentious.
1: <laughs> the odd couple in the Star Wars universe. Bunch yeah. of Below theirs, and this is the way he's going back. And forth.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel 26. like
0: the luckiest kid at the playground to get a catchphrase like that. I mean.
4: Seriously.
1: Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's so freaking cool. Yeah. It's got to be surreal. I can't even imagine. Well, very good. Emily, this has been so much fun. I want to thank you uh, for taking time to uh, humor us today. I'm sorry we've oh, been fumbling pleasure. through here, but we are just a little nervous. We have Star Wars people on here. It's, it's always, oh, it's always awesome.
0: Oh, it's been such a pleasure. You guys are fantastic. Even if you didn't call me David. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. And once again, that was our uh, conversation with Emily Swallow. Holy shit. I don't think (laughs) I've been so nervous uh, in a long time. But I think you had a good point, Jack. You know, we rearrange and have... The monitor over here yeah and it's sitting a lot higher than us so maybe it like gave her like a sense of su- like superiority over me <laughs> <Looking> down over <laughs> us. like maybe if i put the computer down on the floor and i was looking down on her i would feel better maybe hey,
3: hey we know how mando felt when they tried to start shit all right <laughs>
1: <laughs> but michael i want to thank you uh for being here today talking star wars with us talking with emily and uh just hanging out it's been a blast and uh we're so honored to be on uh, evergreenpodcast.com. It's a great network, a lot of great content. And uh, every time we talk to you guys, we just get more and more excited to be a part of this. So
2: let me ask you guys a question. So, sure. what's, you know, you're new to the network, you know, your feelings and um, your expectations of working together on, on building some podcast powerhouses.
1: Oh, man. I mean, we're very happy to have joined the network. Very happy. It's, uh, I mean, well, it's
4: something we've been wanting to do.
1: For a long time oh, yeah. and been wrapped up in a lot of uh, unprofessionalism uh, here, yeah. you know what I mean? But sorry. <laughs> uh, well, so you had no way to know that. Um, you know, it just comes from experience. But uh, we just feel very happy and safe and like we're working with like-minded people this time around. And as far as expectations, I mean, I guess I wouldn't even really say we have like super big expectations just to grow the relationship and see what happens you know working together. Mm-hmm. Um I don't we don't we're not sitting here being like, well if they don't do this for us in a year, <laughs> not we're famous <laughs> yet. I'm not famous yet. No, because we know this isn't that kind of a business, you know? Like we're working together to for a common goal. So, you know, we're just excited to be on the team and uh, excited to see what we all can work together to accomplish.
3: I think it's so hard as far as like, you know, being a, a, a an independent podcast. You were on year 8. You guys are anyway. You put so much into your show and it's it always seems like there's a bottleneck of getting the word out about the show and like people mm-hmm. listening to you know that quality content that you know we bust our ass to put together yeah. and um it, it's awesome to have a network like evergreen to be able to kind of have that backing that mm-hmm. professional production and kind of yeah. that support to help kind of give us a shot in the ass and help get us out there right well
2: i hope you guys join us we, we're you know looking at buying a new uh, studio we put a bid on a building and it got accepted and so we're just going through we're dragging through the whole ritual of buying this thing during a pandemic but it it's going to have multiple instead of a single studio that we have now we'll have five and Oh wow recording suites and we're planning on a green screen and doing a you know a number of other things to you know help support you know podcasts like yours you know maybe you can come in yeah, do a couple shows. Oh, I'd love That's, that. Yeah. That'd oh, be yeah.
1: freaking awesome, yeah. Well, then we'll start booking your dates now, my friend. <laughs>
2: yeah, just let us know. Where us-
4: Where are you guys at? I know you're here in Ohio. Cleveland, Cleveland. That right? was oh, a Cleveland. We're up in, yeah.
2: We're, we say Cleveland. I mean, the studio's in Lakewood. I live in Lakewood. Our main investor lives in Lakewood. There's a lot of people living in Lakewood, but we got approached by someone who owned a, a bunch of radio stations in town. He's like, I got this building, and I paid X for it and I just went out and then, you know, no one's used it for quite some time. And so we went down and took a peek and it's gated because after 9-11, all radio stations had to be gated. So it's a completely gated building near downtown, kind of tucked away. People in Cleveland have driven by it a million times and would never know it's there. So we're kind of like hiding in plain sight. So we're pretty thrilled about the
4: whole thing.
1: I'm excited, man. That'd be freaking awesome yeah. to actually come in and record in like an yeah. official podcasting
4: studio. Just yeah. come in, sit down, and go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> setup and yeah. checking. Well, I guess we'd have to do check levels and stuff. But
1: that'd be amazing. We'd be we'd love to do that. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, we 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 make
2: tiles for every show that's on the network, and unfortunately, no one's been able to see them because. You know, and they're they're like, you know, two by two feet tiles with your banner printed on them. We hang them up in our office. So I hope that you guys sign that when you Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it'd be great. We'd love to have that. To practice my
1: autograph. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) I thought you already had (laughs) there. Oh, my God. No, it's it's uh, been really awesome uh, to be on this network again. Everything so far has been really just really cool and exciting. Just everything we've been talking about, setting up the merger to Megaphone has been amazing. You know, now hearing the ad placement on the episodes, that's cool, too. Like, mm-hmm. just step by step, it keeps getting better and better. And like, uh, I, there's not a downside here <laughs> that, <laughs> that I have seen. Like, there's nothing. It's just a great relationship. We love it, man. Uh, we're playing with some
2: new tools that we're going to slowly bring out to the market with our hosts and other shows that we're tinkering with in our like little mad laboratory. And and, and that we, we want more host driven uh, services. So you guys can, they can choose what you want. In, in fact, we've, we've been trying to align ourselves with a group that handled national podcast tours. Ooh, COVID. And you know, part of our dream was that each of the channels you know, History Channel, Pop Culture Channel, Sports, would then go out and do these mini tours. Oh, that'd be so! Oh, Every banner too, and I, I think we're going to layer in some new technologies to help with discoverability and, uh, and certainly revenue because that's the end game for everybody. But yeah, we, we were, we were thrilled when you guys reached out. I know it was a quick decision on our part to say yes, and then there's like a little lag, or <laughs> we're, we're trying to bring on so many shows at the same time. I think you guys have seen that. Like the 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 homepage has just grown dramatically. Yes,
1: good, it definitely. has. And it's just I'm glad to see us on the new and trending category there. That's that was. It's added exposure, and now that we're coming out of uh, COVID and quarantine stuff, we can start getting out into the world and uh, promoting ourselves and the network. And yeah. It's just uh, nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. Knock on wood. But rock and roll. <laughs> Rock and roll, indeed, man. Thank you for uh, everything, man. Gentlemen, it was a thrill to, to.
2: I didn't wake up today thinking I'd be talking with the armor. <laughs> so it's like Christmas in April. Christmas yeah. <laughs> in April, it yeah Yeah.
1: Well, good. We're glad you're excited. And I'm glad you, uh, boy. You you were a lot more well better spoken than I was. So <laughs> thank you for picking my ass up off the ground there. <laughs> sometimes. Anytime, man. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, get some merch, see some of our YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page.
1: And once again, you can find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And I totally uh, forgot to tell you guys, you can also find uh, uh, Evergreen Podcasts on Instagram at streamevergreen. And you can Find Michael on there at uh M. Can I should I just spell it out rather than say it? I think M D E A L O I A. Correct. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So check him out on those platforms as well. And uh can I well, I guess Jack already said CanderPodcast.com. I was going to say evergreenpodcast.com. Check us out there with a bunch of other awesome shows. Uh game fixes on there, some of our old friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when we were starting to record podcasts, when we were on Wizard World Con Radio. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? A long time oh my god it feels longer ago than i think it actually was but we've been doing a lot of shit ever mm-hmm. is there anything else gentlemen before we go
3: just uh you know hey if you like what you're hearing check out our patreon and we're mm-hmm. we got some amazing content on there too uh some really the funny episode that just dropped about us talking about some crazy things that have happened to us and i'm, oh I'm pretty god. sure jeremy may or may not be on america's most wanted you'll have to listen <laughs> to the episode to find out but you know
1: It wasn't that bad. The crime crime wasn't that bad.
3: If anything,
4: my fire would have been worse.
1: You didn't burn a house down. I stole a NASCAR blanket. (laughs) So take that shit out of context, people, and wrap your head around that. Patreon.com forward slash CandarePod. And I think that's going to do it this week. So uh, may the fourth be with you. And until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm David. he did it he did it he did it <laughs> one last thorn in my side there sticking it to me sticking it to me
4: this is the way this is the way, <laughs> this is the, way. This is the way well
1: thank you michael again for being here and uh, thanks everyone for listening always remember to be excellent to each other
3: puppy. Oh, no. Don't
1: run. It'll only make things worse. Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle.
5: G.I. Joe.
1: Okay, this let's is going to be it. inserted to a uh, episode, so I'm not going to have like a great big introduction that's going to be pre-recorded. We're just going to jump right into the interview, okay?
0: All right, let's do it.
1: And David, if you uh, want to like say something, feel free to just chime in. Please don't feel like we have to address you if you want to share. your hand. <laughs> we'll see. David present, can I talk? <laughs> Or not, David Michael. I'm sorry, Michael. Michael <laughs> present. Damn, why did <laughs> I say David? We were producer, just talking about my friend just going David. Along yeah, totally. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's like, "Why does David look so confused?" Oh, that's not his name. Oh, well, I saw the look on his face. I'm like, "Man, what's wrong?" I was like, oh, fuck! I called him David like five fucking times, didn't I?
2: I'm this sorry. Has so- to before that's what's so crazy. This has happened to me before. Someone calling
4: me David. Pop- so- I don't understand why.
2: This has been a Canned Air production.